0: Intonuccio. This is Joe Boyd's A to Z, starting the second half of the alphabet, down at the heel of the boot of Italy, in Salento, the bottom end of Puglia. Whoa. This music is known around the world as Tarantella. In Salento, they call it, and the dance they do to it, Pizzica, which basically means fast, which is fitting because that's a pretty good way to describe the music. <laughs> Back in the 90s, I'd heard about a revival of Tarantella, and I'd heard bits and pieces of recordings. I had a rudimentary grasp that the word comes from the name of the spider, that bit women working in the fields, and that the only cure for the bite was the wild dance done to this music. I knew there must be more to this story. I soon discovered that the spider bite story was, naturally, just a cover for the ecstatic, highly sexual dance women of the region would do to this music. Was this a story invented by women or by men, afraid to admit to the possibility their women might be dancing off their sexual frustrations. The biting spider lurking in the fields turns out not to be jungle-sized, but a modestly proportioned creature called the wolf spider. And the cover story goes back more than 3,000 years. And the never-ending but futile attempts of male authorities to suppress the wild dancing associated with the cult of Bacchus And I learned reading the excellent book by Barbara Ehrenreich, Dancing in the Street, that this conflict stretched from the BCE into what's now called the Common Era, because Christianity, when it began, was a very ecstatic, dance-filled, women-filled religion, inheriting many of the qualities of the Bacchanalians. But when killjoys like St. Paul came along and started writing stern letters telling congregations to get their women under control and get their hair under a scarf, that the patriarchal model of Christianity took hold. Then I discovered that the large port in the area is called Taranta and that all kinds of music could be called Tarantella, even slow ballads. About 10 years ago, I went into a record shop in Rome and asked for some advice about the best records of the Puglian Tarantella revival. The CD I bought that day was called Sud-Est, Southeast, by a group called Aramire. When I got it home, I couldn't stop listening to it. Every track was a gem. I emailed the website listed on the back and began a correspondence with Roberto Raheli, the group's leader. It turned out they'd just come back from a trip to New York, where they performed at Carnegie Hall, well, in the small, new hall next door. I asked about upcoming gigs, and he told me about an event in the village of Alisano that he said might be interesting. It was a book launch, sponsored by the communist mayor. The book being published was filled with photos, letters, diaries, and articles, about the tobacco workers' anti-fascist strikes in the 1920s that were violently suppressed by Mussolini's police. The trip was wonderful. I'd never visited that part of Italy before, and I'd go back in a minute if only for the food, to say nothing of the music. The evening itself began with readings from the book, interspersed with workers' songs by Aramire. Then they cleared away the chairs from the town square to make room for a second half of dancing. All the couples at first comprised young women and old men, which meshed with something else I'd heard about the revival. When groups of young musicians began playing this ancient music in town squares and passing the hat in the early 90s, the reaction of the older generations was fascinating. Grandparents were thrilled and gave the kids lessons in tambourine technique and taught them old songs. But their parents were horrified. They absolutely hated it. For the post-war generation in Italy, pizzica represented something backward, shameful, regional. Their parents had aspired to be normal Italians, speaking the official language, not a dialect with connections to Greek and Albanian. Stories about ecstatic women, spiders, and trances told of a backward, superstitious society that they'd been happy to see the back of. That their own kids might love playing this music and dancing these dances represented their worst nightmare that night in alisano the couples began to multiply the girls followed the old guys and learned the steps then taught them to their boyfriends soon the square was filled with dancers although there remained some middle-aged couples frowning on the
1: sidelines.
0: (laughs) Aramire is no more. The group broke up soon after my visit, and Raheli, I believe, went back to teaching school. But the revival has flourished. Rave culture has discovered Tarantella and loves the idea of ecstatic bacchanalian dancing. Disc jockeys have invaded the pizzica, and every August there's a huge festival called La Notte della Tarantella. Evidently, you can hear the real thing there, but the climax is the final night when they play things like this. You can still buy Sudest online. I've now heard many different versions of the best-known tarantellas, but for me, none compares to the record Raheli and his friends made back in
1: 2001. Santa
0: Letter N marks the start of the second half of the Latin alphabet, which seems an appropriate time for a few thank yous. First, to the sound engineer who mixes these podcasts. It's been a huge pleasure getting on my bicycle and making the short ride up the Harrow Road to Pez Andrews Moving Air Studios. I couldn't have done this without his lightning fingers and even faster brain. I wouldn't be making these podcasts in the first place were it not for the help and encouragement of two giants in the field of radio, Davia Nelson of NPR's The Kitchen Sisters and Alan Hall of Falling Tree Productions, whose credits appear constantly on great BBC radio documentaries. Meanwhile, it's nice to find out that you didn't have to be bitten by a spider to get down and dance the Tarantella. And next week, oh my goodness just wait till you hear
1: it